Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Law Firm Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Jan Roos, and I wanted to record a quick episode because I've been hearing a lot of crazy stuff about some marketing schemes that are being pitched on lawyers, and I wanted to run it through the filter of a very old concept in marketing that should, if you understand it, be able to filter out probably 80% of the harebrained stuff that uh, I've been seeing out there and probably save you a lot of money. One of the things I learned pretty early in my marketing career was that the tactics change frequently, the strategy changes slowly, but human psychology almost never changes. So when I was told this, it was from sort of an old school marketing guy, and it actually kind of lit my interest in, in kind of researching a lot of the classics. So the field of advertising doesn't actually go back that far. For the most part, a lot of us started out with direct mail and mail order catalogs, which don't date back too much farther than, you know, early 1900s, maybe 1850s. And uh, one of the, the great giants in this space, and this guy has a ton of respect from some of the most successful marketers in the world, is a guy named Eugene Schwartz. So Eugene Schwartz's uh, best-selling book was called Breakthrough Advertising. Now, to take a quick note about Eugene Schwartz, he was actually so successful that he wasn't really known in the outside world as an advertiser. He was known as an art collector. And this guy had an art collection that ranged in literally like the millions of dollars. Uh, he's got entire wings dedicated to him in museums in New York City. So the you know to say that the stuff that he was talking about and the stuff that he was using in his own business as a copywriter is effective is, is kind of an understatement. But there's this huge concept that he had. And I think this is one of the most useful things to talk about in marketing. And it's this, this concept of the customer journey. So I like to kind of make an analogy of this with perhaps marrying a, a partner. <laughs> so, you know, usually you're going to set up, you're going to meet somebody, maybe you catch their eyes, maybe you ask them for a drink, maybe you ask them on a date, then you go on a date and then maybe the date goes well, you go on a second date, maybe you end up moving in. And then finally, when you're ready, you, you know, you get on one knee, you, uh, you pull out your ring and you pop the question. And then if everything works out and you did everything in order, no, you end up getting married. So this whole thing is kind of the, the uh, an analog to the journey that a customer is going to take when they're hiring you for your service. And it's kind of simple, but you see a lot of different examples in the wild. So a lot of the things that I was mentioning, these marketing channels that kind of violate these principles are about doing stuff at the wrong end. For example, if you are a single guy or gal and you went to the bar with an engagement ring in your pocket and you just walked up to somebody who you fancied and you said, hey, want to get married? I mean, that, that'd probably be a pretty ridiculous proposition. At the same time, if you had been, you know, maybe living with somebody and then you said, hey, um, you know, I think you're kind of cute. Do you want to go on a drink sometime? Like, you know, maybe it would be a fun flirt. I mean, but <laughs> at the same time, if, uh, you know, your uh, significant other has watched all of their friends get married in the last two years and they're waiting for you to pop the question, then that actually might, you know, torpedo the relationship. So there's things that aren't effective when they're not matching the right stage. I'm going to go through, you know, the, the levels of awareness that, uh, that Schwartz goes over in the book are you go from unaware. So basically, you start off unaware. You're not even aware that there's a problem that needs to be solved. Then you become problem aware. So you're aware there's, there's an issue in your life and there's something that you need to solve. Then you become solution aware, which is you're aware of the people who could potentially solve your solution. And then finally, you're most aware. So you've got a list of solutions and you're trying to compare. So to take this into the example of, of law firms, it's kind of an interesting concept. And, and this happens for different things at different levels. So 
that journey is typically extremely condensed when it comes to law firms. So I like to always say things on, um, you know, when, when I'm speaking with customers, potential prospects, you know, there's stuff like, you know, I, I always like to say nobody cares about a personal injury billboard until they just got hit by a car. So you basically go from not having a problem, which is a really key part in that process, to basically the problem comes up in your life and the solutions are pretty apparent. For the most part, people are aware that attorneys exist. So you go basically from zero to most aware super quick. And that's where stuff like Google really makes sense because basically all you have to do is, <laughs> that's essentially the promise. If, if you want to be a personal injury attorney and you bid on the word personal injury attorney, uh, Topeka, Kansas, and that's where you live, then you've basically just started bidding on the most aware people in the market. But so when we're talking about all the zany stuff, I mostly find it from a mismatch of the channel and the type of service that's being offered. So I was talking with uh, with an attorney who was getting hit by all these crazy pitches from this this super expensive AI stuff. I think the guy was talking between seven and 15 grand per month and they were getting some whiz bang customer list on Facebook for personal injury. And he'd actually shared with this person that I was speaking to some of the examples of the stuff that was coming through. And, you know, it was stuff like, hey, I, you know, I stubbed my toe in front of a Starbucks and I'd love to sue Howard Schultz for his billions. But this is the kind of stuff that I would honestly expect from advertising for personal injury stuff on Facebook. So the reason why, because basically if somebody has a serious injury, they're going to go to a hospital, they're already solution aware. They understand that there's attorneys. They've been seeing messages on, hey, if you're injured, call XYZ since they were probably five years old. So if they're going to reach an attorney, then they're going to, you know, they're going to go conduct that search, whether it's Google, Yellow Pages, you name it, right? And then they're going to probably talk to somebody the moment that they end up getting injured or the family is going to encourage them to talk to somebody as soon as that happens. So if you're thinking about the person who's browsing on Facebook months after the fact, chances are it wasn't an injury that was serious enough for them to actually reach out to somebody in the first place. So you're not surprised when you see the zany claims People are trying to sue someone who uh, insulted them three years ago for you know, emotional damages because their tax bill is coming up. The people that you could expect for personal injury on Facebook are people who already tried to have a case and probably don't have one. Similar thing, I saw people looking up, and this is going to be an example we'll, we'll return to, and also something that uh, in direct contrast to the initial example that we brought up, so um, family law. So it was interesting. We had a, um, an opportunity to come through actually last year. And there was a person who uh, we brought, we got brought in to, for some of our expertise on social media advertising on Facebook. And the guy was like, hey, I'd really, really like to pursue divorce law on Facebook. And I told him the same thing. I said, divorce law is something that is an event-driven type of law. You don't really care about a divorce law practice. Like no one's saying like, you know, it was really that ad that I saw on Facebook that convinced me to you know, <laughs> pursue leaving my husband or wife. And if that's the case, I, I really... <laughs> Probably says more about the person than anything else. So uh, unfortunately, I, I, uh, we ended up not getting the pitch because we told him what we want, uh, what he needed, not what he wanted. And we said, hey, look, this really is a much better fit. If you're dead set on getting divorce law, you know, there, you have to choose other other channels for this. Well, actually, I recommend AdWords in this instance. You know, sure enough, he went with somebody else and uh, we were following him around on Facebook for a while. I always like to check what people do afterwards. And uh, he ran the ads for three, four months. And then he uh, exactly like I told him, he said, you know, they're going to sign you up on a contract. They're going to run your ads. And then when you find out it doesn't work, you're going to be able to get out. And um, sure enough, uh, ran the ads for three months and the ads disappeared. So unfortunately, that guy went another way and, you know, <laughs> wasn't able to violate the principles of human psychology. So yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. So uh, basically, there's there's also this concept, and, and we kind of touch upon this, is that for every market, there is a level of awareness. But 
The addition that that we like to make to this this whole thing, and this wasn't something that was much of an option back in Eugene Schwartz's day. He obviously was a super brilliant guy, so I'm sure he would have came to this. So, <laughs> but um, I like to say our addition to this is this idea of channel market fit. So, like I said, if you have a, a most aware market, you need to have a most aware channel. That's where stuff like Google search, that's where stuff like directories potentially, that's where stuff where Google SEO ends up making sense. Um, because you have the most aware people and then there's basically that's that's the entire market. It's you know, no one cares about the personal injury ad until they get hit by a car. And then that's the only thing that they care about until they get it resolved. So that ends up being a lot of the law, to be candid. But there are areas and we're actually having a ton of success in some of them where we're going to these these less aware markets. So I'll give an example and uh, I kind of want to save the one that we've been doing for clients because we've been having a lot of success. But going into other areas of the law, such as, uh, you know, if we go back to that family law example. So divorce law is something that's very event driven. On the other hand, and this is a free idea for anyone who wants to run with it. Child custody law is something that's easy to identify that may change based over time. So we've had somebody who is a single parent. They're most likely getting some sort of a child support or some there's child custody ideas. Those situations will very frequently change. So potentially running ads to... Uh, single parents, which is something that's pretty easy to run on Facebook, coming up with, uh, let's say, an informational guide or coming up with some special session to say, hey, look, um, we can explore your situation. If you'd like to have more custody of your child or more support for raising your child, these things change frequently. So, you know, give our office a call or, you know, fill out this form and we'll give you a call. Uh, you know, we could be talking before long. And then, you know, basically, if we have, uh, no, that's that's an ongoing need. It's latent. And the example of somebody who is a single parent, they obviously have you know the situation that they're in, but they may not be aware that it's something that they can modify. So this is an unaware market. And that's the kind of stuff that works really well with these other markets. So I mean, regardless of whether it's Facebook or Instagram or, or you name it, that's, that's kind of the, the channel that would fit a more unaware market. And another kind of last thing to, to leave it off on is that uh, Eugene Schwartz kind of talks about the benefits of going to those larger markets. He said, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to uh, market to somebody who's most aware. There's actually a really famous quote Great copywriter Gary Halbert was was asked, okay, if you could have one advantage of marketing to, you know, you have to sell some product to a crowd, let's say a hamburger, what would be your, your big advantage? And he said, a starving crowd. And it's kind of a pithy point, but at the same time, there's really not a lot of rewards in that. And if you're familiar with the cost per leads on cost per clicks on Google search, you know, that's that's kind of the result. Because, you know, everyone knows that where the starving crowd is. Everyone is willing to pay a premium for the starving crowd. So thus your return on investment is going to be lower for the starving crowd. On the flip side, if you think, talk about the unaware markets, you think about the aspects of your practice that might be unaware, you have a lot more. And obviously, this is a completely different type of marketing. And I like to say that, you know, the most aware, it's like, you know, you think about a football analogy where, you know, we're fourth and in inches. The most aware is a fullback dive. It's costly. It's expensive. You're going to get beat up in the process. But, you know, it's only one go. And, and if you can make it, you can make it. And going to this most aware market stuff, you know, you might actually have a much, much lower cost per lead, but I kind of compare that to a punt return because it requires the fancy footwork. The thing that's tough about unaware markets is that if you happen to be the one that educate them, you have to also be the one to follow up and take them all the way across. Just like, you know, if you catch a punt, you have to take it across the touchdown line. So that requires a lot more creativity, a lot more fancy footwork, tying together a lot more different systems, but to the victor go to the spoils. And that's, you know, being able to kind of conduct this sort of alchemy with lower value traffic on paper that ends up being more valuable or generating the same quality of client that you get from a most aware person 
by doing the work yourself, doing the education, getting out there in the market and helping people. So I hope this was some good food for thought. I'm your host, Jan Roos, again on the Law Firm Growth Podcast, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.